All right, here we go. Today's daf is daf Yudalid. We're up to the Mishnah, about 12 lines down on Yudalid Amarala, 14a. Brand new discussion. Here we go. Fascinating, fascinating zachin today. And this is going to be the focus. The focus is that we know the Kain Godol was separated for, 14, for seven days prior to Yom Kippur to remain Tamit. Okay? Now, what our mission is going to mention and what our daf is going to be focused around is this mission is that during the seven days, the Kain Godel would use opportunities to practice for the Yom Kippur Avaidah, which means even if the base of the family that won the lottery for the week prior to Yom Kippur, usually they're the ones to do the Avaidah. If the Kain Godel decided that he needs to practice during these seven days, or the truth is we're going to learn the Gemara any time of the year he was permitted to do this, but we would focus on we're focusing on these seven days to get him back into the swing of things, he was permitted to do so. For a, kind of, you know, there's um, there, there's a thing where, where um, sometimes you have people who run big corporations. So how do they know what their workers are actually doing day to day? Very often, CEOs of big companies, they themselves are not capable of doing the day-to-day nitty-gritty behind-the-scenes things of the people they hire. So every once in a while, they go back and they, you know, you, you run a large commercial cleaning company. It's Kadai every once in a while to pick up a mop and to, and to see what it's like to be walking the halls and, uh, and cleaning the hallway, even though usually you're sitting in your office. So very, uh, it's, it's Kadai to brush up. So over here, this is what the Kangodal would be doing. He didn't always do all the Avaidas, but there are certain things that since he didn't do it common, you know, all the times so he needed to brush up. So here we go. Which Avaidas would he do? Says the Mishnah. For seven days, the Kangodal would do the Zrika Saddam. He would do the sprinkling of the blood for the Karban HaTomit. And he would also burn the Kataris. These are all things that he would be doing by himself in Yom Kippur. He would prepare the Menorah. And he would be Makriv, the Reish, and the Regal. Now what happened was by the Karban HaTomid, so after it was Shechted and all the limbs were cut up, so the limbs were then thrown onto the fire on the Mizbeach from the top of the Keves. The Kayan would stand on top of the ramp and throw all of the limbs into the fire. The first limbs that were thrown into the fire is the Reish and the Regal, okay, was the head and the leg. So when we say as a Reish or as a Regal, so there's a discussion here whether it means he only did the Reish and the Regal during these seven days or whether it's just an example, but really he was doing the rest as well. On Yom Kippur, we know he did everything. Okay. Ushar Kolayom, any other day, in he pretty much, even if somebody else, one of the, the Kayan families won the lottery for that week or that day, if the Kangal ever decided he wants to do the Avaida, he was welcome to do so. The Kangal always got first dibs, and he always took first dibs on uh, any carbonus that were brought, were the, any matnas kahuna. The Kangal, if he wanted, was always able to take. Okay, period, and the mission. Says the Gemara. Fascinating Gemara. Now, this Gemara needs a quick introduction. Such a Gishmaka. Uh, Kasha, we're going to ask. Listen to this. Previously, we had a machlekas, Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Meir, during the seven days that the Kohen was in the Beis Hamikdash, 
How often did we sprinkle him with the dam hachatas, with the ashes of the paradim? So we had a machlekes. Rabbi Kivan Rameh. Either it was all seven days, or it was day three and day seven. Rabbi Akiva held that he got sprinkled with the ashes of Paraduma all seven days. Say it. Rameir said only day three and day seven. Okay. Now here's the thing. Here's the catch to this whole Gemara. If the ashes of the Paraduma were ever sprinkled onto somebody who was Tahar, that person became Tameh for one day. Understand? The ashes of the Paraduma were meant to be sprinkled on a tummy person. If it was ever sprinkled on a Tahar person, so he's considered Tameh until nightfall. Now, Herzegheim, listen here. What's happening? We just said, during the seven days prior, the Kain Gadol was practicing and getting involved in any part of the way that he wants. But we learned previously the Pinab Rebbe Akiva that we sprinkled on him all seven days. So then if he's sprinkled on, he now has a status of being Tomei that day. And how can he be the one to do the Abayi? You hear the problem. Here we go. Says the Gemara. Now that we explained what's going to be happening, let's read this inside. Omar of Manton. Who's the Tan of our Bryce? Now, like a good Gemara, the Gemara says, before I tell you who it is, let me tell you who it is. All right, Omar Chista, Chista says, I'll tell you who it's not. The like Rebbe Akiva. It certainly ain't Rebbe Akiva. The Rebbe Akiva, because if we pass like Rebbe Akiva, Omar Rebbe Akiva, that if the Paraduma ashes were sprinkled on somebody who was Tahar, and we're assuming that the Kangala was really Tahar during these seven days, Timatu, he becomes Tame for that day. So Hechi of Avaida. According to Rabbi Akiva, how did the Kayin perform any Avaida? He's Tame that day because he sprinkled all seven days. Did Tanya, why does Rabbi Akiva say that a Tahar person who sprinkled with the ashes of the Paraduma becomes Tame? Did Tanya, because we learned in a Brice of Ihiza HaTahar Al HaTame. The ashes of the Paraduma need to be where somebody Tahar sprinkled it onto somebody Tame. And we said, If it's sprinkled on somebody who's Tame, they become Tahar. But if it's sprinkled upon somebody who was ta, who was Tahar, they become Tame. This is the opinion of Rabbi Akiva. That's only talking about things for something that is uh, that are capable of being Mikabel Tuma. Ask the Gemara. Ask the Gemara, uh, Reb, uh, Reb Jim and Reb, and Reb Shmuel. Thank you for joining us. We're up to the words Mahi. Okay? We're up to the words Mahi, which is um, a little less than halfway down on Yud Dalid Amud Aleph. Okay? And it's uh, last two words. Before, the last word on that line is Chidetanan. Says the Gemara, Mahi. Which halacha comes out of this? Chidetanan, we learned in the Mishnah. If a person has Kabana to sprinkle the ashes of the paraduma onto an animal. Okay, now an animal is not capable while it's alive of being the Kabotum. An animal cannot become tummy while it's alive. Okay, so Niskabin has the A reverse want to sprinkle the ashes of the paraduma on an animal. The he's all other, and instead, there was a guy who sprinkle bombed the animal. Yeah, you know the photo bomb, photo bomb, and somebody jumps into the picture, eh? Sprinkle bomb. Yeah, somebody sprinkling that paraduma, 
and somebody jumps in the way. Ah, you sprinkled me. Okay, very cool. You think you're funny. So, im yesh be'ezayv, if there's still water remaining on the branch that was used to sprinkle the water, we know that the way the water was sprinkled is they would take a hyssop branch, dig, dip it into the water, and then uh, and then sprinkle it using that branch. So, if there's any water remaining on the branch, yeshna. So then you take the the rest of it and you uh, you sprinkle it. What if you wanted to sprinkle on a person and to sprinkle on an animal? So if there's water left on that initial dipping of the branch, okay, you cannot use whatever is left on the branch for sprinkling, and you need to uh, dip it in again and take brand new waters. Okay. Now says the Gemara, my time of the Rebbe Akiva. What is the background? Where's Rebbe Akiva coming from when he says, when the ashes of the Paraduma, are sprinkled on somebody who is tahar, they become tummy. Says the Gemara, we'll tell you why Rebbe Kiva makes his drasha. Because Nikhtai Brahmana, the Torah very well could have written, it could have said that you, the, it's sprinkled on the tahar person, him. Okay? Why do you have to say, uh, I'm sorry, all you have to say is, yeah, the, the Tahar person sprinkles on him. Why do you say that the Tahar person sprinkles on the tummy person? My al have tummy. Why do you tell me sprinkle on the tummy? Who else is sprinkling? Tahar people don't sprinkle Tahar people with ashes, the paraduma. What else would I have thought? I already know who gets sprinkled. A tummy person. These words are extra. Shmami no. So you see from here, ala tummy. Tahar. The reason why we're saying these extra words of Tameh, he says Rabbi Kiva, to tell us that if you sprinkle it on somebody who's Tameh, that's when they become Tahar. Only Al-Hatameh that, that Tameh person becomes Tahar. However, Balatar Tameh, if the person would have been Tahar, now he becomes Tameh for that day. He says the Gemara of Rabbana. And what are the Rabbana going to do with the words Al-Hatameh? No, they just say that it has to be on something that is mekabal tumma, something that's capable and susceptible to tumma, that it was actually sprinkled on something that can become tummy. That's what it means, that the water was sprinkled ala tummy means it, those words are not extra. Because if not for that words, I would think that maybe even if it got sprinkled on something that's not capable of becoming tummy. Why? Uh, but over here, kabachaymerhu. We have a Kabachimer that what's the Kabachimer? Imalatami Tahar says the Rabbanon. Now the Rabbanon hold if the ashes of Paradum are sprinkled on a Tahar person, they remain Tahar. Why? So the Rabbanon, basic logic. If you sprinkle the water on a Tame person, we could change his status. We change his Chazaka from Tame to Tahar, ala Tahar like Koshkin. Certainly, when the ashes are sprinkled on a Tahar person, where you don't need to change the Chazaka of that individual, why would that Tahar person become Tame? Keep his status. And he should remain Tahar. Seder. So what do we have so far? Again, just to clarify outside. Machlokas Rabbi Akiva and the Rabbanu. Rabbi Akiva says, if you sprinkle the ashes, the paraduma on a Tahar person, he becomes Tami for that day. Why? Because he says there's extra words, Allah Tami. Okay. The Rabbanu argue. The Rabbanu say, if you sprinkle the ashes, the paraduma on a Tahar person, he remains Tahar. Why? Kabachan. Logic. A Tami person becomes Tahar. Certainly, a Tahar person remains Tahar. Says the Gemara of Rabbi Akiva. What's Rabbi Akiva going to respond to this logic? So he says, This is what Shloimei Melech meant in Kaheles when he says, 
Listen, what Shalom Melech say? You can't understand the laws of the Paraduma. It's a chayk. And I, the Chum, you want to make up a chayk? Oh, if it's metame this, and, and if it's a metahir, a tame person, certainly the tar person may come to her. No, it's a chayk. Even Shalom Melech said, the laws of the ashes, the Paraduma, is a chayk, is a decree. We're never going to fully grasp how in the world the ashes make a tahar person tame and a tame person tar. Okay, virabonam. And the Rabbanu say, no, we should use logic from the ashes of Baraduma. What are they going to respond? I, Shlomo Melech himself said there's no logic to this. So the Rabbanu is going to say, That's only talking about the halacha, that when you sprinkle, the one who sprinkles um, the water is tahar. The one who sprinkled on is tahar. However, somebody who touches the water of the para aduma, okay? In other words, you walk over to the bin, the, the barrel that's, that has all the waters, then you become tummy. That halacha is what Shlomo Melech means when he says, I don't understand. But it's not that why does the tar bring on tummy, tummy bring on tar. It's just the touching part of things that umay tar. And what does it mean, tar? The person who sprinkles that uh, even the one who's happy to tell me the one who sprinkles remains tahar if he needs to go and put his clothing into the mikvah. You see, he becomes tameh. Says, Gemara, no, my maza sprinkling means nageya, somebody who touches it. But the one who actually sprinkles it does not become tameh. It says both. So you see, maza and nageya, sprinkling and touching are two totally different uh, and, and expressed with two totally different words. So why would you tell me the sprinkling guy only touched it? There's two words used within this idea. And furthermore, one who sprinkles needs to wash his clothing in the mikvah. And the halacha is that if you touch it, you become tame, but you don't need to wash your clothing. You're right. It doesn't mean touching. You know what it means? Carrying. A person who carries the water is going to, uh, is going to be tame and his clothing become tummy. But it's true that if you only touched it, so your tummy, but your clothing remains tahar. Says the Gemara, but one second, if we're referring that whoever has to wash their clothing is talking about somebody who carried the water and you're not the sprinkler and you're not the one who sprinkled on, the Torah should have written, the one who carried it. My time, Why are we using the word sprinkled instead of the word no say? And so the Gemara HaKamashwa and the Chiddush over here is the Be'inon Shir Haza. You see that you need, all it's telling us is that in order to, uh, if you carry the, the water of the Paraduma, in order to be Tameh, you need that the um, you need that the amount that you carry has to be fit for sprinkling. Meaning if, I ca- if a person carries the ashes of the Paraduma, person carries the ashes and there's the, the ash water mixture and there's not enough in there to be fit for a sprinkling on a person, you're not tumming. It's not considered like you carried anything. Okay, similar to what we find, like we learned in Hilcha Shabbos, right? In Shabbos, we learned, <coughs> excuse me, by Erevin, you're all, there's set measurements, only Chaya for carrying a certain amount on Shabbos, depending on what it is, right? So to over here, you're only going to be tumme if you carry X amount of, of uh, the Paraduma mixture. How much is that? Enough that could be used. That's what has a chashivas level. Okay. For, uh, for the Gemara, the Gemara asks, It makes sense if you hold that sprinkling has a minimum amount. It makes sense why instead of using the word no say, we use the word maz. 
okay, to tell us you only carry the amount that you sprinkle, you become tummy. But if you hold that there's no minimum amount, but according to what it says, sprinkling does not need a minimum amount. Michael Amemar, what you're going to say, okay, what are you going to say? You can't say the reason why we use the word hazah instead of no say, instead of carrying, is to teach us that you're only tummy for carrying the amount that needs to be for sprinkling. There's no amount that needs to be for sprinkling. So we're back to square one. If the tumba is to one who carries, why are we using the word maze? After the Gemara, the Gemara answers, I feel even if you hold there's no minimum amount, okay? This means there's no minimum amount that needs to go on the tummy person. If you sprinkle the tummy person and the smallest amount touches him, he's going to be tohar. But they'll agree there is a minimum amount. There has to at least be a portion of the mixture to Hashir. In other words, there has to be a minimum amount in the barrel that you dip the hyssop into that now you're going to sprinkle onto the guy. That everybody agrees there's a shear. There's a minimum amount for it. However, what do we mean there's no minimum amount? That once you dip it into an amount and then you sprinkle, even the smallest amount touches the dummy person, he will be tar. How do you know that? The tnan? Because we learned in a Mishnah, how much do you, how much ashes do you need to be in the water so that it's considered like you sprinkled? You need enough. Now we turn to Ahmed Bey's enough that you can dip the branch into Rashi, give at least the edges of the stems so that so that you can now sprinkle. Period. End of that, uh, that uh, primary discussion. We're going to have another couple lines on this, but what we just established is <clears throat> that we ask the kasha. Okay? And the how do we start out the Gemara? Our Mishnah had said, the Kaingado prepares for seven days. And he could do different various parts of the Avaida to practice. Now, the Avaida itself that he's doing is not practice because it's valid for that day, right? But that's what he's doing. He's, he's getting ready for Yom Kippur. We said, who's the Tan? The Gemara said, I'll tell you who the Tan is not. It's not Rabbi Akiva. Okay, so now that we said it's not Rabbi Akiva, says the Gemara Abayi, Amar Abayi says, no, that's incorrect. If you Rabbi Akiva, you could say our Mishnah even follows the opinion of Rabbi Akiva who holds, he got sprinkled every day at you, and, and even, and somebody got sprinkled with the ashes, the paradum is tamay, the Abed Avayda Kuli Yayma. Well, if um, Rabbi Akiva, you could even say Rabbi Akiva, and the case is, the Abed Avayda Kuli Yayma where he would do the Avaida the entire day, Ulefania, and just before evening, just before the sun goes down, Madu Alei, they would sprinkle him once the Avaida was done. He hit his kishmah. Do the Avaida the whole day. Quickly sprinkle him with the ashes, the paraduma, a minute before Shkia, we'll call it. The of Shemesh, and now he was sprinkled before Shkia, as soon as the sun goes down, he started. He's only Tomei from the ashes of the paraduma for one minute. Mimele, he got the Avaida in, and now he's Tahar again for the next day's Avaida. Very nice chap, nice, uh, n- n- nice way for Abai to put it. Mimele, period. We're now at the two dots. It is very well possible that Rabbi Akiva can be the author of a Mishnah who allows the Kaingodo to do the Avaida, even though he's going to be sprinkled and become Tamei from that sprinkling, because we'll say, just sprinkle him right before sunset. Tar, period. Beautiful. Okay. We said in our mission, Mac, their secretaries made the best during the seven days. The kind God would prepare the guitars. 
and and uh, and um, prepare the manayir, right? Make the besaneirs. He would do the the avodah. Okay. Alma kateres bereisha b'hadar names. Says the Gemara from the fact that we're listing in the Mishnah the burning of the kateres before the lighting of the manayir. It seems to be that the sequence of events in the Beis Hamikdash was first kateres and then the minayir. Says the Gemara, but we got a problem with that. I'll ask you a contradiction. The Kayhain who had the schos of doing the Truma Sadashan from the inside Mizbeach. He was Yeah, I got to tell this to my kids. Yeah, he was to take out the garbage. He was to clean out the, the ashes after uh, after it was used and he would enter they would have a raffle who's like to, to to clean uh who's like to clean the cover them is yeah and a person who's like to do the abide of the manera so what's the order over here first we talk about the chuma sadasha and then the manera and then the kataris so you see, the Menorah comes before the Kateris. Our Mishnah lists the Kateris before the Menorah. Here, the Mishnah lists the Menorah before the Kateris. So which one was done first? Amr Huna Huna says, Manton Atomit. Who is the Tana that taught that Mishnah in Tamit of Truma Sadesha and Menorah and then the Kateris, Reb Shimon Ish HaMitzpahu. It is Reb Shimon Ish HaMitzpah, which is an individualized opinion. Okay? It's an individualized opinion. And maybe he just didn't know, um, uh, he didn't know the proper order or he was taught it differently. And, and uh, we don't necessarily need to follow that Mishnah and Tamil. But we learned that the, any Mishnah which Reb Shimon from Mitzvah is quoted in actually should be switched around from the Mishnayis in Meseches Talmud, and therefore you see that Reb Shimon Ish Mitzvah is never the uh, Tanakama in Maseches Talmud. So how can you put him together? Now, how do you know that Reb Shimon Hamitzvah is not going to be a regular Tana in Maseches Talmud? It's not because we learned in the Mishnah, Boloi Lekerem Mizrachis Tefinus. The Kain Godo would come to the northeastern corner of the Mizbeach, Naisin Mizracha Tefina, and he would sprinkle the blood on the northeast corner where Mamashi is standing. And then he would walk Maravis Deraimis to the southwest and Naisin Bimarava Deraima. And he would sprinkle blood on the southwestern corner of the Mizbeach. The Tani Allah, we learned about the Mishnah, Rav Shimon Mitzvah, Mishaneh B'Tamid. Rav Shimon Mitzvah switches around the Halachas from Meseches Tamid. And he says, Mizrach is the finest night that when the Kain comes to the northeastern corner, he sprinkles there, and then Maravis when he gets to the southwest corner. Ready? Don't sprinkle on the southwest. He 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 puts it. I say he sprinkles it. He puts it in the west. The and afterwards Okay. Then he puts it on the south. So you don't put it on the corner first. You put place blood on the west. Then you move to the other side of the corner. On the wall itself, not Mamish on the corner, on the wall. And then you put blood on the southern side of the wall. So you see, what do you see from here? 
here's the main idea why we're mentioning this halacha. Because in order for us to make sense, Reb Shimon Ish HaMitzvah has to be the Tanakama of Masechus Tamed. But here you see clearly that Tanakama, Masechus Tamed's paskening that when the Kayangogo got to the northeast, he sprinkled the northeast. When he got to the south, southwest, he sprinkled the southwest. And if Shimon argues on the Tanakama of Tamed and says, no, you sprinkle on the northeast, but you place on the west and then the south, he's arguing, so it must be that when we have a plain Mishnah and Tamed, it's not Rav Shimon Ish HaMitzvah. Okay. Ela Omar Rather, Rabbi Yechanan says, Mantana Seder Yuma, who is the Tana that teaches the, um, the Avaida of how it was done in Masechus Yuma, Rav Shimon Ish HaMitzvah. Okay? It's a Shimon Ish HaMitzvah. Meaning, you're right, the Tana of Tamid is going to be the general opinion of the Chachamim and the, the regular Tanakama of, of uh, Yuma is referring to, that's going to be, Stamazai be written by Rav Shimon Ish HaMitzvah, period. Okay, here we go. We're done with that part of the discussion. Says the Gemara as follows. Once we started talking about the proper order of the Avoda, assumed from our Mishnah, and what's the assumption? So if we turn back to Yud Dalit Amad Aleph, we're going to look back at our Mishnah, and we're going to follow the order. We said, all seven days, he sprinkled the blood, was Makhtir the Ketiris, prepared the Menaira, um, uh, did the Ketiris and the Menaira, Makhtir the so we're saying, oh, the Ketiris and the Menaira is the proper order. Once we're talking about the order uh, that was done in the Beis Amikdash, we're going to spend some time focusing on Taka, how were things uh, accomplished, how were things done in, in their proper order? So here we go. Verami seder yoima as seder yoima. There ends up being a contradiction within our mesachta as well as to the order of the avod. How so? So let's learn this together. Here we go. Titanan. We learned in the Mishnah. Payasasheni mishaychit. When they would have the pious Hashem, anybody who lives in Eretz Yisrael is familiar with the word pious. That is the lottery, the Israeli lottery, yeah, uh, Missouri lottery. Lavlado is the nickname over here. And there it's, a, it's the pious, Peyot Samch, okay? So there was a lottery for the Kayanim. Who's going to shech the Karban HaTamid? Now, what does it mean, the second one? It's, so it's referring to, to the Tamid Shalbein Arbayim, the second Korban HaTamid. Who's going to be Zaycha to oversee that Avodah? Mizorik. So by the second lottery of the Korban HaTamid Shalbein Arbayim, who shakted? Mizorik. Who sprinkled? Mimedashim Mizbeach Avnim. Who did the Chuma Sadash from the inner Mizbeach? Umi Medashin Yasamanaira, who's going to clean out and prepare the Manaira? Umi Mali Varm who's going to bring the limbs of the animals up the ramp? To them be sprinkled, to them be put into the fire. Pious Ashlishim. And then the third lottery, okay, the third lottery was for Chadashim Lektires Ba'u Vahafisu, that those who never had the chance to do the Ketires yet should come. In other words, if you had a turn already, you're not going to be part of this lottery, okay? Um, and the reason for this, Rashi explains, is kind of like, you know, on Simchas Terah, we have auctions for different segulas. To do the 
to do the Ketairas was a Segula to become wealthy. So once a Kayan had the opportunity to do the Ketairas, he, he, we didn't give it to him. We wanted to give another Kayan the Segula. Okay? So we would say anybody who has done the Ketairas yet should come and take part in this lottery. Now, let's look at the order. Are you ready? It says that by the second lottery, it was who shechted it, who sprinkled, who cleared the Mizbeach, who prepared the Menaira, who brought it up the ramp. And then by the third lottery, what did we do? The Ketairis. So which one came first? The Menaira or the Ketairis? The Menaira. Because the, the second lottery that they did was for the Menaira, and they waited for the third lottery to be for the Ketairis. That's not what our mission has said. Okay. There's a difference between preparing two neiros and preparing five neiros. Now, what's going on over here? So later on in the Masechta, we're going to learn that the way that the Menaira was cleaned out was they did not do all seven at one time. Okay. What they did was they would clean out five neiros and then they would clean out two neiros. And it was done in two different stages. Okay. Now we're going to get some later on as to why we, we wouldn't just clean it all out at once. Why don't you do, uh, why don't you do all seven? And we'll, uh, we'll have that discussion later on. Over the mice, you see from here that even the menaira itself could be broken up. And therefore, when we say the menaira before the Kitaires, that's talking about two neiris that were cleaned out. And when you're talking about the other one, the, the one that may have become, um, I'm sorry, the five, the, the five neiris that were first cleaned out of the menaira, that was done before the Kateris. And then the two neiris that was split up, according to the opinion that we'll learn later on in Mirza Hashem, that may have been after the Kateris. Basic answer, okay? Let's just speak this out outside to keep it simple. We had a contradiction in Yuma. One place a list of Kateris after the cleaning and preparing of the Menaira, the other time a list of Kateris prior to cleaning and preparing of the Menaira. Which one was it? Answers the Gemara, they're both right. Because the Menaira was cleaned out in two stages. First five, Kateris, and then two, last two branches of the Menaira, Shalom al Yisrael, everything, wakes, uh, everything makes sense. Says the Gemara, not so fast. Not so fast. Listen to this. Says the Gemara, Lememra, do you mean to say that the Kataris was done in between the cleaning out of the Neiris? That first you did five Neiris of the Menaira, and then the Kataris, and then the last two? It's not true. Abaye was the one who established how the Avaida uh, was done, and he says, and he says that even with the manure being done in two stages, the only thing being done in between was the sprinkling of the blood of the Korbanat Amid, and it was not done, it was not split up by the Kataris. So don't tell me that the two stages of cleaning out of the manure made a Kataris sandwich. Yeah, no, it's not what happened. It's not what happened. It wasn't manure, Kataris, manure. No. Abaye, who was Masadar, it says, you know what happened? It was manure sprinkling of the Tamid, and then manure. The Kataris wasn't sandwiched in between. The Gemara says, "Ami like No, we don't like that question from Abai. You know why? He let Abba show. Maybe there's a machlekes as to what the uh, 
what the Menorah sandwich was. Yeah, did the Menorah sandwich in the sprinkling of the carbon atomid, or did it sandwich in the Ketairis? Now, how do you know that there's a Machlaikas about sprinkling of the blood, when you sprinkle the blood, when you bring the Ketairis? Where do you find the Machlaikas? The time we learned in Ebrahim, you should not prepare the Menorah and afterwards burn the Ketairis. The Ketairis should not come after preparing the Menorah. Rather, you should first burn the Ketairis and then prepare the Menorah. That's the Tanakam. Tanakam says, Ketairis, Menorah. Abishol, Abishol says, no. Metiv, first you take care of the Menorah, the Yacharkach, Maktir. And afterwards, you do the Ketairis. Okay? We don't have our answer yet. But what we see so far is Tanakama saying, First, you burn the Gitaris and then prepare the Menorah. Abishol argues. Okay. Now, before we complete this thought, says the Gemara, my time at Abishol. Why does Abishol say that first you gotta you gotta set up the Menorah and only afterwards take care of the Gitaris? Because it says, Babiker, Babiker, every morning, when you prepare the Menorah. And then it says, only afterwards they say, Yakti Rana. Do you take care of the Kataris? You see the Menorah comes before the Kataris. Okay. And what's the reason for the Rabbanon who say that the Kataris came before the Menorah? And, and what do the Rabbanon respond? Now we turn to tomorrow's daf. Okay. Turn to the top of tomorrow's daf. Here we go. We're on daf Tesvav. Rabbanon is going to say, it, no, it doesn't mean the Menorah has come before the Kataris. Rather, it means that at the time that the that the Menorah is being set up, you should also have the the Keteris should already be burning. At the time that the Menorah is being set up, the Keteris should already be in its place, burning, the smoke going straight up like that nace. Beautiful, says the Rabbanan. Why? Because if you don't say that the Keteris comes before the Menorah, when it says by the by the afternoon, when Aaron prepares the lamps in the afternoon, he does the right uh, over here too. You're going to say that the menaira came first, and then the and afterwards only burnt the guitarist. No, we know the guitarist in the afternoon was done before, and therefore, when it says when we're mentioning the guitarist afterwards, we're not talking about starting the process of the guitarist. It's letting me know the guitarist should already be burning. And if you're going to tell me that Taka, this is the halacha, that maybe Taka, the menorah, is first lit and then you burn the Keteris, that's not possible. But Tanya, because we learned uh, in a Braiso, that the menorah burns from evening until the morning, which means that you have to have enough oil, enough meat, enough measure of oil inside the menorah. It's enough. You need to make sure that there's enough oil in each cup to burn from evening till morning. And remember, we had that special position, if we recall. Yeah, going back to Shkolim, a Gishmaka position. Remember, there was somebody set up who was in charge of changing around. Because the Menorah had to burn for, throughout the night, there was somebody in charge of, and, and there was a set amount of oil. So in the winter, you had very long nights. In the summer, you had very short nights. And you always had the same amount of oil. So there was always somebody set up who had a job who was a bucky, an expert at changing the size of the wicks. Because in the summer, on very short nights, you needed thicker wicks to burn the oil faster. 
And in the winter, very long nights, needed thinner wicks. So it took longer because the manure had to burn throughout the night. Tame midasa. So you got to put up a, 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 enough oil in to burn. So they elect to go like a merabar baker, double or merabar baker. In the chavar, the shakshira merabar baker, as well as ubulvan. There's only a baker that went from evening till morning. So what does the Torah mean when it says that Aaron lit the manure and then did the guitarist? No, the guitarist wasn't done afterwards. It means it means while you're lighting the manure, the guitarist should already be burning. So to hear, it doesn't mean the guitarist is done after the manure. No, it's done before. I, why is it written a pasuk after to tell me that at the time you're doing the avayi, the guitarist should already be in the stage of burning. Abishol is going to respond to Amar Allah. He's going to say, no, shiny hasam the sif Isai. Over there, there's a word that says Isai. That Isai means that the in the afternoon, the last Abayda of the day should be the Minaira. But in general, for example, by the morning Abayda, then you can't make such a drusha. And the Kitaires actually um, will be done after the Minaira is already prepared. Period. We're going to hold it here. Now, I want us to keep in mind, and we'll pick up from here tomorrow. And, I'm going to, and, um, and uh, we'll, we'll remind this again. But keep in mind, we, all we did right now is explain the machlekes between Abishol and the Chacham. What we didn't clarify, what we didn't clarify is that we still have a machlekes. I'm sorry, not a machlekes. We still have a contradiction in Mishnahis. Okay? Because one Mishnah says that the Menorah comes before, one says it uh, it comes after. Okay, you could say we're going to have a machlekas chacham and abishol, but Lamaisa at this stage just remember that we had an issue between two mishnayos, and this is the conversation that will be'ezus Hashem continue um, tomorrow evening at. We'll do an hour before mincha be'ez Hashem, so daf will be at six thirty p.m. Have a wonderful day and a gittabach. Thank you, Rabbi.